No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see that while David hides in a cave, 400 men join him. And when Saul murders the priest who helped David, the priest's son flees to find David. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 22 on Simply the Bible. David was being hunted down by King Saul. He had escaped to the tabernacle and to the high priest, Ahimelech, where he got bread for his men and the sword of Goliath. Then he sought refuge among the Philistines, but when he became afraid of them, he pretended to be a madman so that they drove him away. We continue in 1 Samuel chapter 22. David therefore departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. So when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him and everyone who was in distress, everyone who is in debt, and everyone who was discontented gathered to him. So he became captain over them. And there were about 400 men with him. Only God could do something like this. David hiding in a cave and all of these men start coming out to him. Obviously, God was drawing them. These 400 men who were distressed, who were in debt, who were discontented, just the kind of ragtag bunch you really want around you, right? And yet, these were the people that God was bringing to David. Probably they weren't real happy with the status quo either. And so they saw David as their potential leader and they gathered around him. Aren't these just the kind of people God often uses? Who did Jesus choose to be his apostles? Unschooled fishermen, a tax collector, and a zealot. These were not the first string players of the religious community of the day. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 1.26, Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. That's just the way God likes to do it. He likes to take the people that are the cast-offs of this world and do something amazing with them so that everybody says, obviously, it's not those people. It must be God. And God would take these 400 ragtag men and make them into mighty men of valor under David's leadership. We should not be so quick to judge and pass over people. It could be that God has chosen them. It could be that those who are in debt, distressed, and discontent today may become the mighty men and women of God tomorrow. Many of them are simply waiting for a worthy leader to come along to whom they can give their allegiance and do great things. Warren Wiersbe writes, History reveals that it is 
the devoted remnant, small as it might be, that holds the key to the future of God's work on this earth. I just pray that we might be such a devoted remnant that God could use to do mighty things. Now, Psalm 57 and 142 are associated with David's stay in the cave of Adullam. And both of them emphasize David's faith that God was his refuge. Verse 3, Then David went from there to Mizpah of Moab. And he said to the king of Moab, Please let my father and mother come here with you till I know what God will do for me. So he brought them before the king of Moab, and they dwelt with him all the time that David was in the stronghold. David knew that if Saul couldn't get to him, then he might try to get to his father and mother. So he intervened to protect them by bringing them to Mitzpah in Moab. David and his father were related to the Moabites through Ruth. In fact, David's father was Ruth's grandson. And so that's probably why the Moabites opened the door for David's parents to stay there and basically hide out from Saul. After this, David went to the stronghold. We don't quite know where that is, although many Bible students believe that it was actually Masada in the Dead Sea area. Now, the prophet Gad said to David, do not stay in the stronghold, depart and go to the land of Judah. So David departed and went into the forest of Hereth. We don't really know much about this prophet Gad, but once again, it was clear that God was bringing David all of the people that he needed. He had now an army of 400. Now he also had a prophet to help him to discern the will of God. When Saul heard that David and the men who were with him had been discovered, now Saul was staying in Gibeah under a tamarisk tree in Ramah with his spear in his hand and all his servants standing about him. Then Saul said to his servants who stood about him, Hear now, you Benjamites, will the son of Jesse give every one of you fields and vineyards and, and make you all captains of thousands and captains of hundreds? All of you have conspired against me, and there is no one who reveals to me that my son has made a covenant with the son of Jesse, and there is not one of you who is sorry for me or reveals to me that my son has stirred up my servant against me to lie in wait as it is this day. Saul was becoming increasingly paranoid and now criticizing his own men, accusing them of conspiring against him. And so he said, so what has David done for you? you know, and what can David do for you? Can he give you what I can give you? How could Saul convince himself that these things were true and that David was lying in wait to ambush him when he was the one going all over the country pursuing David? Such is the blindness and paranoia of sin. Then answered Doeg, the Edomite, who was set over the servants of Saul, and said, I saw the son of Jesse going to Nob, to Ahimelech, the son of Ahitab, and he inquired of the Lord for him, gave him provisions, and gave him the sword of Goliath the Philistine. Now, Doeg was there at the tabernacle when David came and sought bread and got the sword of Goliath from the priest. But David never inquired of the Lord through Ahimelech. That was a lie. Probably Doeg saw this as a way 
for him to advance his career. So the king sent to call Ahimelech, the priest, the son of Ahitab, and all his father's house, the priests who were in Nob, and they all came to the king. And Saul said, Here now, son of Ahitab. He answered, Here I am, my lord. Then Saul said to him, Why have you conspired against me, you and the son of Jesse, in that you have given him bread and a sword, and have inquired of God for him, that he should rise against me to lie in wait, as it is this day? So Ahimelech answered the king and said, And who among all your servants is as faithful as David, who is the king's son-in-law? who goes at your bidding and is honorable in your house. Did I then begin to inquire of God for him? Far be it from me. Let not the king impute anything to his servant or to any in the house of my father, for your servant knew nothing of all this, little or much. The man was innocent. He didn't know about this affair that Saul was trying to kill David. And the king said, You shall surely die, Ahimelech, you and all your father's house. Then the king said to the guards who stood about him, Turn and kill the priests of the Lord, because their hand also is with David, and because they knew when he fled and did not tell it to me. But the servants of the king would not lift their hands to strike the priests of the Lord. And the king said to Doeg, You turn and kill the priests. So Doeg the Edomite turned and struck the priests and killed on that day 85 men who wore a linen ephod. If God had not rejected Saul for rejecting his word previously, certainly he would reject Saul as being king for this. In cold blood, he killed the high priest and 85 priests. To their credit, Saul's men were unwilling to do it. They feared God. But this Doeg, the Edomite, a descendant of Esau, did the deed. Also Nob, the city of the priests, he struck with the edge of the sword, both men and women, children and nursing infants, oxen and donkeys and sheep with the edge of the sword. Unbelievable bloodshed over Saul's terrible ambition and murderous heart. Now one of the sons of Ahimelech, the son of Ahitab, named Abiathar, escaped and fled after David. And Abiathar told David that Saul had killed the Lord's priests. So David said to Abiathar, I knew that day when Doeg the Edomite was there that he would surely tell Saul, I have caused the death of all the persons of your father's house. Stay with me, do not fear, for he who seeks my life seeks your life, but with me you shall be safe. David freely admitted it, that he knew it when he saw Doeg, that he was going to rat him out, and he didn't do anything. And the good thing about David, you see what a great leader he was, because he didn't pass the blame on anybody else. He took responsibility for his error, and even said to Abiathar, I'm the one to blame for your father's death and for all of the death of your family, because I should have done something. But you'll be safe with me. I will look after you, because... If Saul's after me, he's after you too, and we'll stick together in this thing. That's the kind of leader men will die for. Listen, you might be in a cave today. You might be in a place where you feel that everybody is against you. But God was using all these things in David's life to build up his staff, if you will. He now had an army of 400. He had a prophet, Gad, and now he had a priest who would inquire of the Lord for him, Abiathar. 
even in these terrible circumstances, God was working all things together for good, just as he's promised to do in our lives. I'd like to close today with one of the Psalms that David wrote when he was in the cave of Adullam. Psalm 57. Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me, for my soul trusts in you, and in the shadow of your wings I will make my refuge until these calamities have passed by. I will cry out to God most high, to God who performs all things for me. He shall send from heaven and save me. He reproaches the one who would swallow me up, Selah. God shall send forth his mercy and his truth. My soul is among lions. I lie among the sons of men who are set on fire, whose teeth are spears and arrows, and their tongue a sharp sword. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have dug a pit before me. Into the midst of it, they themselves have fallen. Selah. My heart is steadfast, O God, my heart is steadfast. I will sing and give praise. Awake, my glory, awake, lute and harp. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing to you among the nations. For your mercy reaches into the heavens and your truth into the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow we'll see where Abiathar the priest brings the Ephod to inquire of the Lord for David. Meanwhile, David saves the city of Keilah from the Philistines. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 1 Samuel on Simply the Bible.